us, land lovers. This here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now, this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Permission granted, you wily sailor you. (laughs) He is pretty wily. Come aboard. Yep. Let's do this. And bring, I don't know. Fruit or cookies or something. Fruit might be good. Ripe fruit, not yeah, like rotten. Honey fruit. crisp apples or something. Right or bananas. Welcome, or welcome all oncers all Hello. over the world. And if you're listening from the Enchanticon weekend, welcome to you as well. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the cast and crew that might be listening. Jane Espenson, maybe. Hmm. Adam and Eddie. Hmm. Hi there. Thanks for a great season, all. Fantastic. Yeah. So this is the main show. We're going to be talking more in-depth about Think Lovely Thoughts. We're going to dive in. Uh, so this is the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. I am Jeff Roney, the captain with my first mate. Colleen Roney. So we're, <laughs> we're on the deck of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast pirate ship. Yep. We're good pirates. The Jolly Ones are... And we are going to be thinking lovely thoughts about mm-hmm. the episode Lovely Thoughts. Yes. Which is the eighth episode in the first 11 episode arc. Now, I do have a little bit of a minor tiny little bone to pick. Okay. Which is, I thought we were going to have 11 uninterrupted episodes. I <clears throat> I try to kind of step over that, but you're absolutely right. I, I'm going to say it because somebody else will. Yes. Is apparently this Sunday we do not have... A new episode. Right. So I I think maybe something changed between D23 and now. And uh, so anyway. It could have been been one of those things where Adam and Eddie's like, wait a minute. Did you? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm going to miss it because I'm really excited for um, next week's episode. Yes. But um, yeah. So uh, it may be because of Thanksgiving. That's why they did it. Well, what I'm thinking because Thanksgiving is next week here in the U.S. Yes. For those of us, for those of our listeners that are not in the U.S., our Canadian friends had previously celebrated Thanksgiving. Yeah, back in like September, October. Yep. Yeah. So our Thanksgiving Day is coming up this Thursday. So that is correct. Yeah. Yay. Hi. It's time for some Once Upon a Time news. Lots we can get of you news. to do that, yeah, right after that. It's, your timing's just a little tiny early. My timing's always off. We have wonderful news, a bunch of really cool news. And, okay. you know, unless you were sleeping in a cave on Neverland or in a cage, 
somewhere or in a cave hoisted of, up in a cave of wonders and cave Agrabah. of wonders or in the belly of a whale right you may have not heard that jenny and josh are expecting yay so we want to wish them the best absolutely and um babies are precious fantastic so charmer and you what? know this baby's going to be adorable just oh, absolutely no question about it wonderful good-looking parents mm-hmm all right, uh, so charmers and goshers, rejoice everywhere, and we yep. share in your rejoicing yep. about that. Uh, very interesting news. One of the stars of Covert Affairs, Christopher Gorham, is returning to ABC to be on Once Upon a Time. Really? They're kind of being very mysterious about who he will play. Oh, good. But I like mystery. I have no idea who he might be. But anyway, you know, the yeah, could be I'm anybody. sure there's any number of characters he could play. We did watch Covert Affairs for a while. Yeah, it was I really think, good. Uh, I liked it. I think it was a good show, but it's just well, life and things and whatever. Part so. of what I think happened was that, if I remember correctly, we watched the first season and then it went away for a while. And then we didn't know when it came back. Yeah. And by that time, we had already gotten ensconced in other shows. Ensconced. That's how I married her. She has these words. Yeah, it's a real know. word. I no, I know. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I make up fake words. Yes, you do. <laughs> we will move forward. I have a rant. Okay. And I'm ranting about us who try to be unspoiled about Once Upon a Time. Okay. If you truly want to be unspoiled about once upon a time throw your smartphone away i'm kind of kidding but kind of not if right. you are using twitter or facebook or facebook but but twitter now twitter is the new kid in town yeah that if you upload a photo in the old days right it was, it was kind of this mysterious link you didn't know if you were going to download a virus to your smartphone. You didn't know what you were going to get. Right. And so, you know, you just kind of leery of all these links. Now they just show you the picture. Yeah. So I'm scrolling through. I follow a lot of people. Right. On, on Twitter. And so I'm scrolling through. Oh, there's a pic. Oh, boy. Look at that. And as a matter of fact, referring to the first item in our news is that I was going to give you links to all the verifications because we try to verify all the stories right. that we say here. Right. And all the stories relating to Jenny and Josh's uh, expectance mm-hmm. uh, in the future is that they all had spoiler picks. All of them. It picks from the set. Picks from this and oh, that yeah. and all this kind of yeah. And I go, you know what? I'm not going to. I can't. I, I can't do that. You can't unsee that, and you can't. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I, I don't want to share that here to to prove. Oh yes, in fact, you know, Jenny is pregnant. But right. anyway, so getting back to Twitter, it it is almost impossible now. Now I would think that they would probably have some type of a a hide feature to hide photos, whatever. But I mean, it's kind of a pain in the patoot because you know you're scrolling through Twitter taking a look and then all of a sudden you see these pictures so i think i think this is not good i i i, I think twitter's trying to be more facebooky right and i think it's gonna bite them in the patoot that's oh. my word for yeah. the day all right anyway so that's my rant about twitter so if you want to stay unspoiled good luck to well, you and the reality is that 
for the most part, I stay off of Twitter on Sunday nights, about Twitter and Facebook, from about four o'clock on. Because I made a mistake but- one one week and went on to Facebook at five thirty, six o'clock. And I saw a spoiler pick from that night's episode. I was really unhappy because I thought, seriously, some of us haven't seen it yet. I know you have, right. but some of us haven't. And we really kind of wanted to not be spoiled on what's going to happen. So anyway. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking no, about know, any day, Monday, saying, Tuesday. So For the yeah. most part, though, I maybe I'm just not checking Twitter all that often, which I really am not because... Anyway, but point is, is that, you know, yeah, you kind of hope that you're not going to get too many spoiler picks. Maybe I'm not following the right people because I'm not seeing a lot of spoiler picks on my Twitter account. It's more on my Facebook fan groups that I see it. And it's just people love this show. And one of the ways they love the show is they want to share what they find. And unfortunately, many of them follow spoilers. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. You can be a spoiler fan and go for it. That's you. When you share it on Twitter and you upload a photo and then you share it with everyone, just realize that you're sharing it with everyone. And some people may not want to be seeing right. that. So, so anyway, uh, okay, I feel better. I'm cleansed and um, I've said my piece about okay. that. So the top three U.S. states that download our our little podcast <laughs> so far in November are number three. Ring. New York. Yay! New York. York. The Big Apple. The Big Apple. Well, ah. I know it's not just the Big Apple. I know everyone, I'm sure people from New York probably get really frustrated that everyone always thinks of New York City as New York. That's all there is to New York. Right. There's some very beautiful, beautiful countryside in upstate. So, and other nice places in New York. So. I have friends in upstate and mm-hmm. friends and podcasters in upstate. It, so, it's a very uh, anyway. lovely part of the country. Thank you, New Yorkers, mm-hmm. for downloading our podcast. We really appreciate it. Yep. And, um, Keep on downloading yeah. and spread the word. Tell yeah. other New Yorkers because it's, you know, that could be something you do when you ride on the subway. Or, Listen to our podcast. Or roam outside the countryside. Roam out the countryside. Hang out take at the, the beach elevator the up maybe to uh, Empire State. You're still talking about New York City. Stop talking about just New York City. All right. I'm talking about upstate. I'm talking about the coast. Albany, there are beautiful yes, Binghamton. There are some beautiful, beautiful places in upstate and downstate and right. by the in the Hamptons. I mean, there's more to New York than just New York City. All right. I'm I'm trying to defend my New York peeps that right. live outside of Manhattan and the Bronx and Brooklyn and all that stuff. So All right. Uh so number two Brrr- is our home state, well, my home state of California. Yay! Thank you, Cali folk. Surf's up, dude. For downloading Just our podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, we go to Disneyland quite a bit, so maybe we can meet more yeah. folks that download our podcast there. Yeah. And number one, uh, most downloaded the state that downloads our podcast the most so far in November is Virginia. Wow. Thank you, Virginia. Another very lovely part of the country. Yes, Virginia. We thank you. <laughs> so, all right. Oh. All right. So now let's jump into some sad news. 
Let's talk about ratings. Mm. Because it's going to go from one bit of sad news to more sad news. Yeah. Think Lovely Thoughts had 6.66 million viewers. Which is a new that's low. That's not the newest lowest wow. viewer numbers. I'm I'm floored. I'm honestly mm-hmm. floored by the low ratings. I don't understand. Yeah. I really am shocked because this has been the best season so far in my book. As far as I mean, look, since season one. Season one was magical, let's just face that. That was just incredible. But season three has been so. There has not been a bad moment in any of it that I can I can you know account for. I know some people don't. Some agree people with me. could, but yeah. well, look, some people don't agree <laughs> with me, and they're entitled to their opinion. Uh, I'm just telling you, this disheartens me quite a bit because it is amazing. Now, what I do wonder is if they're counting. Like again, we've talked about this a thousand times, but. What exactly those numbers comprise? I believe it's everything. Because when I check on Saturday, they've had a full week to compile everything else. And uh, Wikipedia does have a link to where they're getting this information from. So I am fairly certain, based on their information, that we have everything. And besides lately, you know, Adam's pretty good about, hey, we're... You know, well, we did this and that. He's been pretty quiet lately. Yeah. I think they're still winning the night. Right. But, I mean, that means everybody else is low. So so let's put it in perspective. Okay, Lovely Thoughts, 6.66 million viewers. Dark Hollow, 6.71 million viewers. So that's a step up. Yeah. We thought that was the basement. Yeah. That was not the basement. One up from there, Nasty Habits, 7.05 million viewers. So you kind of see we're declining and I don't sliding like down, unfortunately. I, I'm wondering too if if we looked historically, what were the numbers for season two this time of the year, as well as what were the numbers season one this time? Because again, we're getting into we're coming okay. into the holidays, we're coming okay, into so all kinds of stuff. What is your question? So what are the numbers for this time of year? If for season two, and then what okay. are the numbers for season one this time of the year? Comparatively so speaking, at, were they down? Uh, were they up? 11. Okay, so um, Into the Deep, November 25th, 2012, 8.82 million viewers. Okay. Season two, episode eight. Okay. Okay. Same episode number. Right. And no season one. Question. Season one. What, season what one. November. Okay. But, I'm not looking for the exact number. What I want to know is, were those episodes lower in numbers compared to, you know, two months before? Oh. You see what I'm saying? Comparatively speaking, had they gone down a lot? Se- season one had a, a bit of a slide, but, and, and, and they kind of kept sliding because they started at 12, which is pretty incredible. Well, yeah. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 10, 9, and then on down. And the, uh, Land Without Magic was 9.66. So it was kind of this... Steady decline. Slide. But it was a slow Season decline. two started 11. And then uh, there were uh, some nines, a 10, an eight, a nine. And then they hit this steady sevens all the way to the okay. end. Okay. The last episode was 7.33. Uh, so we're, we're definitely below that as far as a premiere... Right. And we're, but we're kind of in that last uh, segment. We're in the sevens, except for. 
Right. These last couple of episodes. Right. Okay. So, okay. And again, um, I don't know if there was anything competing with it. If people are just frustrated, I think, you know, I don't know what it's, I don't know what's going on. I'm not hearing the buzz, you know, um, but it just, it disheartens me a little bit. So anyway, we've beaten this horse to death. So shall yeah. we, shall we move on to the next thing? Okay. So we will move forward to our views from the deck. Uh, Rumpel's father said that's the cost of the game, which is kind of a slight variation of again. There's always magic always comes with a price. Again, another hint at who he really was. If we had really paid attention, yeah. that should have been a dead giveaway right there. And I know that there was speculation that that was a possibility, but I, I honestly I didn't say that it wasn't possible. I just didn't see how that was going to come about. Right. So I am kind of interested. You know, I, I was very interested in, to see how they made that happen. And it was very fascinating to kind of explore that so that you could, it was possible because it, it just honestly, based on what I knew, it didn't seem possible, but they, they resolved it very well. I mentioned that the, during first thoughts that it sounded to me like uh, Neverland was a cult. And actually, when I watched it again, it felt like Jonestown because mm -hmm. Peter Pan kind of reinterpreted everything that was happening. Remember when he stood up, he goes, all right, boys, tonight, Henry will save magic. That's not anywhere close to what he was going to do. But that's what he said that he was going to be doing. So uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Jonestown. And... um uh, Rumpel dressed Bay just like him. I mean, because every time you saw him, it was like, that's ah, like Bay. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, um, the cape and little hood and sure. all this kind of stuff. And that so. could just be, you know, period dress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just how people dress in that time period. So, um, But it is a nice little nod to. We have. We have fantastic um, uh, emails that we're going to get to, and voicemails, too, um, that are talking about the spinsters. But I wondered, how did Rumpel's dad know the spinsters? How, how, how did they? So. I mean, you know, interestingly enough, were they his aunts? Were they, you know, because they had a magic bean. Did he know about them because maybe they taught him how to be a trickster themselves? Well, I, I don't want to go straight to the email yet, but I think maybe they were the precursor to Rumpelstiltskin, possibly. So, well, and that's we'll, a very real possibility, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just all kinds of, of possible um, things. So, Rumple, Little Rumpel had a mini wheel. It was kind of cute. Adorable. It little child-sized wheel. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the spinsters were saying that happiness is breaking up a family. Hmm. And so a lot of these things where you kind of expect, well, happiness is together. And that's, we've heard that from right. Emma and snow and all, all right. these different people. We have to stay together. Just believe there's always a second chance, all these kind of things. And the spinsters say, no, the only way you're going to be happy is to get away from your father. You know, and, and, and was that, but so were they talking about him specifically or in general? Because for him, it was best. True. It, but was, it was best for him to get away from his father. But I, I normal, in normal stories, it's always 
you know, the family needs to stay together. But in this case, it just sounded odd that the only way to be happy is to get away from him. And I'm not saying you're not right. Mm -hmm. You are right. But I'm just saying sometimes the things that that we're we're getting in this story is complete opposite of what we're used to. Right. Especially in the the, uh, fairy tales and classic literature and all that. Sure. So. And I think that that's, that's life in general, is that you have this rule, but there are always exceptions to the rule. Right. And I'm certainly not saying that uh, Rumpel should have stayed with his father. No, I, no, no. Gosh, but, no. I mean, seeing that sounds weird for me to say that. You know anyway, what? It, it, so. is hard, it, it is hard to kind of go along with that when you have heard all your life that, no, you need to be together. You need to stay together. It's yeah. best for the children. It's best for the family. It's best for everyone. And in some cases, that's not true. I, I, and I it's totally really agree. hard to yeah. say that sometimes yeah. when you see something and you go, yeah, no, you really should not be together yeah. or you really shouldn't be with that person or you really shouldn't, you know, you really need to get away from that. It's really hard to say that sometimes because it is it does go against what we're taught and what makes us happy mm-hmm. or makes us feel good about things is you know cohesiveness we're you know people are meant to be you know social creatures we were built for that and so when you say you can't be social with this person anymore it's really difficult sometimes to say that yep yep and i, I agree especially if sometimes it is the best um, yeah. the best decision yeah it is all right uh so yeah how did they get the bean i wonder that uh, so we start over. Uh, Rumple told that to his father, and Bay also said that to Rumple. Mm. And it was interesting that the whole portal thing that Rumple and his father went together, where uh, Rumple and Bay, Rumple let him go. Right. So it was almost kind of like he was used to it and he alluded to that in the end he goes i don't choose you i don't want to be with you so it was he had been hurt from his father so much that he kind of began this life of leaving things mm-hmm. and letting go of things mm-hmm. purposefully right so he said i have this opportunity to choose to stay with you i don't want to stay with you how's that Right. So, you know, maybe he felt like that was, you know, being a man is saying for the first time I'm telling you to your face. Right. I don't want you. How does that feel? So, yeah. yeah. All this from a drama. All this from a drama about fairy tales, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Wow. Uh, All right. So Rumpel's dad uh, was sold to a blacksmith. Who is the blacksmith? Yeah. And. In literature, a lot of magical weapons are created by dwarves. Mm-hmm. Possible, you know, maybe Excalibur, maybe not, but it's possible that maybe this blacksmith was a dwarf or some kind of elf or some kind of creature that's involved in some other story. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I suppose it's possible. I just think that he was just an ordinary human being because the way we've had this show thus far, I don't think anyone's just ordinary. That's well, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) So anyway, but, uh, that's my, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, hook said, if David leaves the Island, the connection is broken. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we kind of talked about, 
that uh, the drinking the water elsewhere, and then the hook said, but when the water runs out, he's still going to die anyway. Right. So there's really no way out, you know, and I hope Rumpel's telling the truth about this elixir with the name of elixir. I just sounds like it's, it's a fake nothing, but no, actually that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, just another word for potion of sorts. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, usually a healing elixirs usually have healing properties to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's telling the absolute truth, because again, what, what does he stand to gain by lying? At this point, he's got to win everybody's trust back because nobody trusts him. So he's better off being truthful than not. I we watched again that uh, you know we keep saying it's the greatest scene of all time, but anyway, it was pretty cool <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, Rumple said, "Well, I'm just not going to go in there with my good looks," and he grabbed the sword before that, <laughs> and he starts walking, and then Hook says, "Well, I, on the other hand." And uh, then David gives uh, Hook a sword or some type of weapon. He goes, cutlass back here, in case your good looks fail you. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just this so fun kind of exchange. I, I absolutely loved, I loved that scene. I absolutely did. I thought it was hilarious because I think that was a nod to the fact that these three gentlemen, specifically these three, have such a huge fan base of females who think they're absolutely just gorgeous. Yeah. And it's true. All three of them. It just, there's something about all three of them. And they're all different in their looks. They're all different in their, you know, how they carry themselves. But they are, there's just something incredibly hot about all three of them. So, yep. you know, the, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny. The bros hanging out yep. and, and helping each other out. Say, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Take, <laughs> take the sword, man. <laughs> just, you know, come on. So, yeah. Um, the, the whole Wendy Bay exchange, you know, it's been discussed on, uh, many podcasts and I just want to say it again. It was really cool because yeah. there was the sense of, because we remember the scene when Bay said, you know, uh, take me instead. Yeah. And so Wendy never forgot that. Right. You know, and she said, you know, we came back to rescue you. Yeah. And Bay pretty much had never really experienced that before. Right. And so he was really touched and, you know, he didn't correct, uh, you know, when Wendy called him Bay, he didn't say, you know, no, no, no I go by Neil now. He just let it sit because yeah. she's a special friend. Right. And the family, you know, took him in. Right. Even the grumpy father. <laughs> oh, we're not going to have that. So. Yeah. All right. Um, so Neverland. Um how will thinking up and imagining things figure into the final battle? We talked about that a while mm-hmm. back. Yep. About thinking up weapons and thinking up this and thinking up that. And we kind of mentioned it about the heart and Henry and all that. You know, when you have things like fake things being kind of thought Introduced, into existence. Right. right. You never quite know what's true. And it's almost like when we found out that Cora masquerade masqueraded as mm-hmm. the blue fairy right then i was like oh my god no one's real right. everyone's it's cora <laughs> it's, that's cora that's cora over there you know well and remember so. she also we think we she also uh, masqueraded as uh lancelot too yeah remember that yeah so because she was henry 
And yeah. then she was uh, the blue fairy as well. Right. So if something happens twice, I'm like, okay, I don't trust nobody. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the thing is that, you know, we saw Pan's shadow masqueraded as Belle. Yeah. So, and Pan's shadow is now trapped, so it can't be Pan's shadow. But um, True. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy that he he somehow knew they had the box and he somehow managed to switch it. Really? I have to I have to ask that question. How the heck did that happen? Well, and see, I kept thinking maybe Pan was Bay and maybe that's how he got the box. No, no. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I know, but I... I because he mm, took that and put it in his bag. Right. And that would have been a cool time for Pan to switch it around and then give it back. Right. And it was fake. Right. The old, just like Rumpel's dad. The right. old shell game, the, the old, old switcheroo. Game. Right, right. I don't think he was Bay, though. Because okay. where was Bay if he was... If, he, if Pan was Bay? I don't think he was Bay. Right. But I do think that somehow he managed to do it while they weren't looking somewhere. Right. Or he knew that Rumple had it in his shop. You know what I mean? I switched it a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, there's any number of possibilities. I just I thought that was really crazy. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. There were a number of really great uh, Regina moments, mm-hmm. and I love the Regina moment when Bay and Wendy were talking, and when Regina kind of talked straight to Wendy and said, no, 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 you know, let me explain. Belle is helping, you know, we are trying to help save them as well. A woman named Belle trusted, right. you know. So just th- that whole thing. It was very, very regal the way she talked to her and explained it to her and let her know, no, you need to trust us because mm-hmm. here's the reality of it. Belle trusts him. Belle risked her life and everything to get this two here, the box here, so we could defeat Pan. Right. So I thought that was a really, that was a great scene. That was a great scene that she actually was defending Rumple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that I was th- after she knew that he had been, quote unquote, trying to kill Henry. Well. Right. True. Right. Right. So I mean, the cool thing is, is that you know, with Regina, at least she, with certain people, she apparently knows how to forgive and forget a little bit. Do you think that I'm going off my notes? Do you think that Belle is going to somehow come over to Neverland to? Well. We're almost to the end of the arc. I was thinking somehow Belle would kind of finish her hero's journey by coming to Neverland and getting uh, Rumpel out of that box. No, I don't think so. But I, I am a little you know, curious. Okay, so Rumpel's in the box. When he's let out, what happens? Right. Is he going to just come out even more evil than before? And now they're all going to have to try and she's going to try and get him back to goodness? Because that's where I see it going. He's going to come out of the box somehow. Well, or she's um, going to have to figure out how to create that elixir to keep David alive. Mm. See, the funny thing is, is that at this point in time, literally all we know right now, without looking at what's coming ahead, um, is that um, Rumple's in the box and they don't even know it yet. Right. So they're going to figure that out at some point, And when they do, what's going to happen? Is Rumple going to, are they going to let him out of the box? Are yeah, they gonna, you're right. Are they going to, you know, can they let him out of the box? So, and then, you know, if you get the blue fairy involved, it was like, 
You know, why should I help him? Why should I help, you know, whatever? Right. You know, create the elixir. Okay, what's it going to do to me? What's it going to do to him, mm. to David? What's it going to do? I, I think more than anything, she's not going to tamper with it because she knows. But I think that it Belle will somehow play a part in this. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Emma's the Mulan of the episode. I really enjoyed um, Mulan's little perfecting the plan. Right. When Bay was going to take a ride on the shadow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mulan was, okay, stand over there. Okay, you over there. Okay, wait till this happens. And then we're going to do that. Genius. It was really great. Mm-hmm. And Emma was the same way. She was like, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, you go over there. You know, you know, you go to the Dead Man's Peak and get the water. And, and they go, well, we'll see you in Storybrooke. No, we're all coming back here and we're all going together. That's the way this is going to happen. Right. And I was like, man, that's really... That's mm-hmm. really cool. She took so, charge, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rumpel's dad um, said, when you believe in magic, it glows. And then that, that line rem- reminded me of the uh, the heart, Henry's mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Well, it glowed very gold. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Um so only those that belong, I think this is another Rumpel's father line, only the ones that belong and believe can fly. So, or maybe that was the shadow. But anyway, I heard that line. So those that belong on Neverland right. and believe can fly. Right. And so that's another reason why Rumpel's father had to let Bay go I'm sorry, uh, Rumple Go, because that was holding him to another place, right? As a father, right? That's and exactly so what that, he said. He 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 did break the rules, but he found a way to belong. On Correct. Neverland. He figured so. out how he could because I'm pretty sure the conversation we didn't see between Rumple's dad and the shadow was how he could stay because if he mm-hmm. said you don't belong here and then the next thing we see he, you know between him is he's down on the ground again with rumple you know telling him he's found a way to belong and a way to stay but i can't have you here with me you right. know, otherwise it'll mess up things clearly the shadow explained here's how you do it because otherwise how would the shadow know yeah i mean how would he know so Adults can't fly unless they grab into a shadow, I guess. Apparently. I guess that's even with believe. pixie dust. Right. Well, and let's face facts. I think the reason why is because children have this innocence about them that they mm-hmm. believe stuff very easily. They're not, they're very almost gullible. Actually, in a lot of respects, they are very gullible. But their their childlike innocence and faith and trust is very um, pure, where an adult has had experiences that prevent them from really truly ultimately believing in it Mm -hmm. because there's that the shadow of a doubt is always there. Children don't have that. And the shadow was called by Rumpel's father, a friend just like the doll was a friend. Yeah. So, uh, we, there's also another line. I wish I wrote down who wrote it. We are more alike than you care to admit. I think that was uh, Rumple and Pan. 
Uh, we are like our parents. There was a. Who said that? Uh, somebody like cool. Our parents. <laughs> Did you? Oh no! Wait! 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 Okay, we are more alike than you care to admit. This is what I meant. Right. Sorry. I'm 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 a little off today. You have to you have to apologize <laughs> for that. Um, when I, I that's my the end is my line. We are like our parents, and we hate to admit that. Oh, absolutely. We 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 strive all of our life to be different than right. our parents because it's that I think it's a rebellious nature of kids. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm nothing like you, mm-hmm. and then you look at your hands and you look in the mirror and. Mm-hmm. I look like them. I, you know, my, my fingernails look like my dad. You know, I have my characteristics, personality traits. It drives me crazy because I don't want the bad ones. Right. But you get them, you know, and, and we're like you your parents. And, and, you know, that's been dealt with a lot is I'm not like you. I'm different than you. But, you know, just that whole exchange between, uh, you know, Rumpel and Pan, uh, so yeah, and that, and that is true because that it does it, it you know it is what is burned into your soul, your brain, your heart as a child. Those things stay with you, and it they you know frequently are those same characteristics that your parents had. Mm-hmm. And even Henry said that a lot to Pan. I'm not like you. Mm-hmm. I'm nothing like you. Right. So. Interestingly enough, he's descended from him. So, in in a sense, is he going to be? Is he going to grow up to be like him? Do you think? Well, in the end, Pan seduced him mentally to right. be like him. Yeah. So he won that that mm-hmm. game. He won. Yeah. Yeah. So. He did. We got uh, we got flappy, so I I need to skip past the um, social media part. There's great stuff going on social media, uh, great stuff with the comments on the blogs. So mm-hmm. please go visit those, and you can find those links at onceuponatimepodcast.com. So a number of emails came in. Uh, Janelle, listener of the program from way back, uh, she checked in. Mm-hmm. I just want to send big love and big hugs to everyone. And uh, she mentioned that she wrote a paper in school, an essay, mm-hmm. about Once Upon a Time. And I want to throw that out to uh, the rest of the listeners. Have you ever done a project for school about Once Upon a Time? I thought I remember somebody saying that their teacher or they did a comparison of something or other to Once Upon a Time and, mm-hmm. and used that for school. I, it's been a while. Uh, may have been season one. But, um, yeah, it would be fascinating to see if anybody else has used Once Upon a Time as part of their essay for a school project or a school paper or what have you. Yep. All right. This is from Lisa. Uh, and she decided that uh, Pam must have been Rumpel's father early on. And uh, she's mentioning that Emma's desire to get David back to Storybrooke and uh, keep her family together deserved more than <clears throat> the glossing over it received in the episode. And I agree. I mean, yeah. you know, the the whole... She... 
again, she wrestles too. Absolutely. With the whole, I'm like you and you need to kind of be like me. And even her mentions of, I guess, finally you're rubbing off on me. But, you know, didn't you always say, and that's what kids do too. Didn't you always say, and when parents kind of deviate from what they said to us as kids. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of really true moments in here. But, yeah, Emma wants to keep the family together, get David back to Storybrooke. And um, and that's true. Well, I was going to say that, you know, yeah, her whole thing is she's she's starting to really warm up to the idea. And I think she's starting to really crave that even more than she used to. Because I'm sure when she was young, she craved having a family and having her real family come and and rescue her from the horrible life she was living and it never seemed possible and now that she knows who her real family is i think she's really starting to you know she what i'm let me step back she craved it and then she realized it was never going to happen so i think she built up walls like mary margaret told her in you know season one she built up these walls to to block out the the feeling you know the wanting she locked up the craving somewhere deep inside her heart and then i think she's letting it come to the surface and i think she wants it out and she's she's craving it and i think she's going to give into it because that she'll do anything to keep her family together i think that's fantastic because that's totally not what she would have wanted at the beginning and now we see her growing and she wants this and she's going to do whatever she can to make it happen i am um... And all, she was asking, uh, why didn't Peter Pan uh, flip the hourglass over? It's a good question. It's a good question. And I'm wondering if it's that he's not able to because, mm-hmm. well, remember when he got there, he didn't even know that that place even existed. Right. right? When he, he first flew he over there. Thought it up. He, he met, made, thought it up. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't even realize that that's kind of interesting that he put it, if he thought it up, did he put the hourglass in there as well, or was that the shadow that just kind of found the place to house it? Wait a minute. If he thought it up and it created it, yeah. What if? And this is a stretch because we've got the two players that have been involved in this kind of incapacitated. Henry thought about something and created it. Yeah. Rumple thought about when he was a young boy. Mm-hmm cake mm-hmm. and created it mm-hmm. could you also think of it gone and remove it who would have to do that right so anyway um I, i'm sorry i deviated just a no, bit no, no, but, but it brought up a good point because yeah why didn't he just flip it over but again when he found out about it did he think that he couldn't did he not realize he could is he able to the skulls underneath it are rather large um oversized and gold Mm -hmm. so i mean is that symbolic of something because if they're gold skulls gold mr gold rumpelstiltskin gold 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 it all seems to tie in is his is his time as a young boy hinging upon gold well it's resting on gold right? right his time as a youth Peter Pan, it's resting on gold. It's dependent on it. Because otherwise, why would you need those skulls? Do you, know, do you see what I'm saying? I yeah. just, I'm trying, there's got to be some tie in. Well, and, there and, must and be I, a- think, I think what it is is, you know, you, they, they say this a lot is that when someone's famous, it's really on the backs of all the people that you crawled above to get there. 
Right. And so maybe that's kind of a, you know, the, the wasted opportunities of life and the people that you left behind. Maybe. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what that is. And so, yeah, you, you got to stay here. But, you know, maybe that's all the other kids that wanted to stay. Right. Maybe that's what that is. I don't know. Maybe. But but I, what I'm saying is the, is the symbolic, you know, feature of it being a gold skull. Yeah, right. And it's skull rock and it glows gold. Mm-hmm. And everything hinges upon Rumpel. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in order for him to survive and for him to maybe it's a matter of Rumple wanting it to happen or wishing for it to happen. And that's why he can't turn it over, but maybe Rumple can. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Rumple can give him that. You know, you want to stay here fine. But he'll make a deal. He might. He'll he'll he'll, he'll say you can you can stay here, but and I don't know what that deal would be. Uh, yeah, that'd be an interesting thing. I don't know. There's all kinds of possibilities, but yeah, I do. I do wonder why didn't he just keep flipping it over? Obviously, it seems that he doesn't have control of it. Yeah, which is kind of funny because if he thought dreamt up that place, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have dreamt up a, a, a limited amount of time for himself, right? Well, but he no no he didn't dream it up you know from what i i got again from what the shadow said is you know when you decided to stay here this was created so it was almost like it was created mm-hmm. not by him right. as far as thinking things through it was just right. when you said i want to stay here forever then that was created and and that i think that's what it the broke shadow the rules, right. that's why it was limited Right. It's not unlimited. Right. And that's and so. you're you have a good point. So again, how does he get the time extended? He can't right. he can't do it himself. Somehow I don't, th- it's I don't be think the shadow will let him turn it over. That's, I I'm pretty sure that's the case so. as well. All right. Uh one other quick thing is that love could not change Henry's mind. That was just, that's me throwing in my thought, too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have discussed, it's a great scene. You've got the father and you've got the two moms talking to Henry to kind of really talk him out of what he's about to do. Yeah. It didn't work. And that was kind of a sad thing because you would think love is stronger than manipulation. But yep. unfortunately, no. This is from Mai, and she has some great input as far as the spinsters. And this is probably going to be the longest podcast in our history, (laughs) unfortunately. But lots to talk about. So there there are the three fates. And uh, the fates are the three goddesses that are incarnations of destiny. Sometimes they're described as ugly old women. Sometimes lame. They're... They were thought to be severe, inflexible, and stern. The fates are the controllers of the thread of life. At the birth, uh, the morai spinned out the thread of your life, followed your steps, and eventually would cut the string when it was time for your death. Right. Um, The fates would not interfere in human affairs, but took advantage of events when they could. They also had a hand in directing man's morals, but since man is born of or of freedom, man had certain amount of influence, giving man the opportunity to change his fate. So um, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Maybe they were a precursor to Rumpelstiltskin in certain mm. people's lives. Yeah. 
yeah. control and influence. Right. Uh, the name of the Morai are Clotho, the spinner of the thread of life. Uh, she had the most power, and she decided when a person ha- was to be born, thus affecting a person's life. She also had the power to choose who would be saved and who would die. She is believed to be the younger of the three. Lachesis, the measure of the thread of life, she is believed to determine destiny. Atropos, the cutter of the thread of life, she is known as the inevitable. She decided how a person was to die. She is believed to be the oldest of the sisters. And think lovely thoughts, we saw Adam and Eddie's version of the, the fates. Two spinster ladies spinning in the little cottage who finished off each other's thoughts. They worked in sync with each other, just how the fates worked together. So did the spinsters. Adam and Eddie did not give us definitive, a definitive breakdown of who the spinster sisters would be in regards to the fates, but they have been viewed as, they can be viewed as Lachesis, Lachesis and, and Atropos. Uh, they gave them the power of all three. Who is Clotho, you ask? An argument could be made. The seer can be, is the seer was Clotho. She had a great amount of power. She not only has a power of Clotho, but of Lachesis and Atropo. Uh, she could see all and how a person would die. She speaks to Rumpel. She tells him about the birth of Neil and how he would die in the Ogre's Ward. Uh, like Clotho, she tells him about his life and death very much like the fates in myth. She does not directly interfere, but gives information so that Rumpel can make decisions on what he will do uh, next in his destiny. Uh, fascinating read. I'm not going to read any more, but I will post this in the show notes. And I want to thank Mai for that. And this was uh, reposted. It's actually really good. Yeah, it was reposted from um, a blog. And like I said, I will I'll post this in the show notes. This is from Roe, and it's a great uh, group of things that uh, Roe noticed in the episode. And um, Roe is a self-proclaimed lurker <laughs> to our podcast, so thank you uh, for lurking and for encouraging and for writing in. Uh, okay, mateys, I watched the episode again and noticed things that I did not see before. I wanted to share my thoughts with you. Uh, so excuse his, uh, excuse the typos. So Rumpel's dad, subtle clues were given. His stature, mannerisms, and behavior are just like Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. He has green eyes. Why is Peter Pan more mature as a boy than as a man? It is because his father sold him as a child. And as a result, he had to grow up fast. He seems to be having a problem telling the difference between imagination and reality. He is narcissistic and can't help it. He thinks he is too weak to be his father and admits and admits it. Uh, Rumpel is suffering from the same thing. It is brave to admit your faults, but true bravery is to face those faults, which is why he is a coward. Uh, is the reason he resented fatherhood is because he didn't love Rumpel's mother. Hmm. Interesting. Regina. Uh, she is well-dressed for being on a deserted island. She is <laughs> Snow, uh, and so is Snow and Emma. 
Where do they shop? Neverland Republic. That's great. <laughs> and Neverland Crew. That's even better. Uh, Banana Republic and uh, J. Crew. J. Crew. Oh, I got your corny joke. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, Row. Uh, all right. <clears throat> I kept staring at her hair. It was some good hair. Yeah. Regina. She has great hair. Uh, the Shadow. Why is he so mean? He doesn't seem to want anyone on the island. Yep. That, that is that is interesting and it definitely falls into the protector mode of yeah. you have to kind of pass a test yeah. to stay and, and, and you can only break the rules, but the rules have repercussions. Uh, the shadow made sure that Rumpel saw his dad turn into Peter Pan. Why did he point? I kind of wondered that myself. What was the point of making sure? I mean, was it for Rumpel's benefit or was it for our benefit? Who knows? It was just very odd that he made sure he watched him turn into Peter Pan. Come to think of it, you know what that reminded me of was uh, the Christmas Carol, Scrooge's mm. Christmas Carol. Yeah, a little bit. When that um, the ghost of Christmas past, past pointed at the gravestone. You mean future. Future. Ghost of Christmas future. That's pointed, right. Because it doesn't That's have right. a voice. Yep. Sorry. Future. Yep. Uh, pointed at the gravestone and he saw his mm-hmm. name there. Mm-hmm. And then that's. Yeah. Um, so it was there was clearly a point to it and it was yeah. I don't know if it was so that he would recognize him when he saw him next cuz the shadow may have figured he would see him later, who knows. All right. Uh the shadow seems vengeful and somehow jealous of everyone who comes to the island. The next time I need a taxi, I will call the shadow. He will drop you off at the doorstep. Ain't that the truth? Mhm. Not even a have a nice day. Uh, he is a gatekeeper to keep people from staying on the island. Who put him there? That's a great question. Well, and whose shadow is he? Yeah, right. So, you know, so again, you know, and this has been talked about in other podcasts, but I, I we mentioned it on the first season, I think, is it's all about Rumpel's father and then who influenced him, which could be the spinsters, who influenced them. We just keep going back, 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 right. all the way to the beginning. Right. So, you know, which hopefully is 20 seasons or something. Yeah. Uh, the shadow has blue eyes. They will definitely come into play later. The okay. shadow is willing to help Peter. What's in it for him? Yeah. Blue is near green on the color wheel. If Peter loses his magic and eventually dies... He will become the new shadow. Will he become the new shadow? Will he become the new shadow? What will happen to the old shadow? Is it like when Rumpel killed the old dark one? Good point. It's and very we interesting. Talked about the whole dagger, right? Possibility. As the you know, it's there's always a trade. There it has to be balance. And if one dies, if one lives, somebody else has to die. And so if that's the case, then yeah, it wouldn't be uh, too difficult to imagine that's what happens. Is that when Peter dies, he will become the the new shadow on the island? But then will there need to be a new pan on the island? Not necessarily, since the shadow didn't want Peter to stay in the first place. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's lots more here. I, I I don't want to read the whole thing, but I did want to give you a sense of just yeah. some incredible yeah. thoughts and and things. Uh, so, is anything kind of jump out to you? No, I mean, there's just I'm glancing through, and there's a lot here. And it's really good. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of really good points. You know, you kind of go, wow, and there are you know little little clues here and there that if you really pay attention, especially when you look back, obviously you kind of go, Oh man. Yeah. I wish I had thought about that. So, uh, all right. 
Emma, uh, let's read a couple from Emma and then uh, for uh, Tink, and then we'll we'll move on. Uh, Emma's believing. Uh, Emma has her father's demeanor. She rushes into battle, and David's stance and swagger mm-hmm. she's adopting. Yeah. Yeah, Emma's not selfish this season. She cares for everyone. Emma said that she couldn't learn anything from her parents, but I think she has. And uh, Tinkerbell, uh, did anyone laugh when she saw when they saw Tink's sword? She, she was already late to draw it. Maybe it was bigger uh, when she was a fairy. Uh, and uh, Ro disagrees with me about Tink's hair, and I apologize. I I thought it was, you know, what I kept thinking. I kept thinking it was uh, crazy. What's her name? on lost claire claire when she had that weird hair yeah when she went kind of crazy yeah so my mistake i looked again and i go no it's very coiffed nicely tinkerbell's it's just got- not ringlet curls like it was when she was re- right. with regina right. so it's a totally different style it's just very um tousled it's yeah. got that tousled look but it's it's yeah my bad and you are absolutely correct and um uh, all right just fantastic. Uh, and Ro leaves uh, with this big love to everyone. Wishing uh, you clear skies, mateys. Thank you so much, Ro. Uh, one last thing from Ro. Uh, says here, I forgot to add this. We only have seen two of Wendy's brothers. Is it possible that Felix is the baby brother with the teddy bear, Ro? Um. I have to go and check this, but I don't think Wendy had more than two brothers. It was always yeah, Michael and John. Michael and John, the only two brothers I'm aware of. Okay. She only had those two. That's that's all I'm familiar with because I'm pretty sure in the actual book and it was always it was always it was always Michael that carried around the teddy bear. I have to watch Peter Pan again. There were only two. Okay. Michael and John. All right. Uh, Felix so, is important for Felix sure. Is, I don't know who. And, and what if Felix is the owner of the shadow? What if that's Felix's yeah. shadow? What if he's really the one in control? I mean, that because would kind of did, fit in with an interesting it, it story would. of the the guy in the background is more powerful than the one out front. Right. The Wizard of so, Oz kind of a thing. Right. But here's the other question is how is it Peter's in control of everything on the island right now? How did he get to, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. is yeah. he imagined that has he imagined himself to be the most powerful and that's what's happened? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Anyway. All right. Uh, this is from uh, my. All right. And, uh, so she has some more thoughts here about uh, Darling Fire. Um, the love that reunion. It was adorable. And I love that he didn't correct her. Yep. When she called him Bay. Yep. And uh, did you love when Rumple saw right through her lies? Like, finally, you've got your, your BS detector fixed. So, yeah, true. That was that was fantastic. Watching him when she started talking, when when Bay was asking her questions, the pan the camera panned to him, and I could see his mind going whoa 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 whoa, and it was working like crazy. And then that's when he when he pounced on her later. It was like wait whoa yeah. Uh, the Avengers love that, <laughs> and it's yours. I'm not going to take it. Yeah, that's no, that's great. fantastic. Uh, dude, the pose of everyone with their weapons drawn was perfect. Did you notice that Emma was the only one that started to lower her weapon when she saw it was uh, Rumple and Regina? Like, oh, it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, did love the prophecy is now out and open and everyone's willing to protect Henry and Hook's expression was hilarious. Like, oh, we're going up against Rumpel. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, so a lot of great. We have fantastic emails and, and, and voicemail. I got, I got to say. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Captain Charming, this bromance kills me, dude. He didn't even hesitate to give his sword to Killian. Uh, <laughs> Charming. I really love uh, when they're what they're doing with their relationship, and mm-hmm. this scene proves how much good form and the Echo Cave changed things between them. Yeah, before Charming wouldn't have given uh, him a sword. No, that's no true. Way. That's true. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's. Uh, I'm going to post this in the show notes so uh, you can read that. There, Henry's yeah. family. I love the scene. It's probably one of my favorites in the th- season in the series. Uh, here's Adam and Eddie saying to all the naysayers, all three of them are important, and each of them is as much of a parent as the other. And I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't work. It didn't work. Now, that's the only thing that kind of sticks. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Um, and my continues, because deep down, that's the core of the show. It's not about fairy tales or love stories. It's about family. And, and I would agree, and I would take it further. It's about relationships. Right, right. And, and um, that's... You know, kind of an outgrowth of that. Uh, Although I do put my foot down when someone calls it a family show because it's way too messed up for kids to watch because of the themes. But that's just me. I would agree. And if you go to the true fairy tales, they're not family friendly either. So that's why. No, that's true. You know, the beloved Walt Disney had to kind of say, hmm, we need to make Pinocchio not such a uh, snotty bratty uh, child yeah yeah dude he so. we've said this before walt did kind of water it down he so did. the kids could read this story and actually appreciate it yeah. and he made it very children centric all right uh, i've got to move uh forward now but uh my was uh, raised in southern california so she says dude a lot so nice. fantastic all right uh we will move on to the next uh, this is from Katie, uh, email. Um, her thoughts on Think Lovely Thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you know, she pointed out it was it was true. Is that why was everybody drawing their weapons on Rumpel? I mean, they didn't know. Specific, right. Well, no, they did. Because they were kind of used to it. Because they heard the rustle in the bushes. Everybody pulled out their weapon. Then mm-hmm. they came out. But then the reveal about Rumpel wanting to kill Henry... Then they drew their weapons again. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute. This guy, you know. I know. They forgot temporarily that he yeah. is the dark one with lots and lots of power. Uh, yeah. And, you know, did we need an eclipse? I mean, we have double power now to do incredible things, but they could have covered it with clouds. And that's what Katie was mentioning. And that's what I had mentioned too, because I'm thinking to myself, really you had to do a full eclipse there. Come on guys. And then I realized that no, wait a second. Cause an eclipse would last a lot longer than the clouds True. would have. Yeah. If the clouds were, I mean, I, I don't know if you can lasso them to the moon, hide the moon that way, but yeah, it was probably more epic and interesting just to, do an eclipse lots of uh lots of stories including the bible has things about eclipses and mm-hmm. covering and right all that right. making right. time stand still uh so yeah i like father like son and rumple is a mm-hmm. trickster mm-hmm. Uh, just like his dad and um 
Did Henry hear the conversation between Rumpel and Pan? Uh, the place wasn't that big. And, you know, that's what we mentioned in our first thoughts is how, where was Henry sitting? How was, far away? It, yeah, he couldn't so, have been that far away. So yeah. I don't know how he didn't hear it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, she was shocked about Henry listening to Pan. What an idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, she said, I went to Disney on Friday and parked in the hero section, Aladdin. At Walt Disney World sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she's in the heroes, uh, but couldn't, which included Aladdin, Simba, and Peter Pan. I couldn't help but think, except one on Once Upon a Time, where Pan's a villain. That's true. They're going to have to move. <laughs> so apparently in Walt Disney World, in the parking lot, Aladdin, Simba, and Peter Pan are part, considered the hero section. Yes. Which is normally the case in the Disney movies, but Peter Pan's not a hero. Now On once. Yeah. All right. Uh, so she's going to be attending Enchanticon. I hope she has a fantastic time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Florida. Boy, Jeff and Colleen, permission to come aboard? Permission granted, of course. Mm-hmm. Wow, what an amazing jaw-dropping episode. Think Lovely Thoughts was. Uh, okay, now is the time I have to admit I was totally wrong with my speculations about Rumpel's father being a naval officer. But to find out that Pen was Rumpel's father just blew me away. I actually yelled out loud at the TV. <laughs> you did too. I did. And the neighbors, I called the cops. Something's going on at that Rony house. Uh, with most TV shows having predictable scripts, it is not often that I'm truly thrown for a loss, but I truly never saw the turn of events coming at all. I have to take my hat off to Adam and Edward for constructing such a clever story arc. Mm-hmm. With the new knowledge of Pan's true identity events in previous episode with Rumpel's take on the whole new layer of meaning, for instance, I see why Rumpel was so very reluctant, even fearful, to go through the portal with Bay. It went beyond his reluctance to give up his power. He already had a disaster experience going through a portal with someone he loved, his father. Makes more sense now. And did anyone else besides me, knowing Pan was once an adult, find it a bit, well, pervy, that he kept uh, Wendy as a young girl on Neverland for all those years? Mm -hmm. This season continues to amaze, and I look forward to great anticipation for the episodes yet to come. Happy holidays to you, Jeff and Colleen, and all the podcast followers, Marilyn. Yay. Uh, all Thanks, right. Uh, P.S. Colleen, I just had to mention that you voiced my exact complaint with, in, with Wonderland. I'm also finding it completely underwhelming. It pales in comparison to Once. The only character I find least bit intriguing is Will Scarlet. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm still sticking with it, but unlike you, I really haven't seen much improvement. And I love the picture of the pirate dog. Aww. It is so cute. Thank you, Marilyn. She is pretty cute, I have to say. And uh, that is it. I mean, you know, kind of going back to when we were talking about our um, the uh, viewing numbers, you know, take heart, Once Upon a Time viewers, because our numbers are much higher than Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Right. Double. It started out low, and it is continuing to slide. Yeah. Man. So, anyway. All right. This is the thing. Go ahead. Wow. This is a loopy show today. It's just really (laughs) strange. You know, 
and this is with show notes and everything, but I'm still just kind of off. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this is from uh, Brad, and this is things I learned this week on Think Lovely Thoughts. Uh, number one. That's why I'm white men can't fly. Well, that's take off on that movie. I would think they can't jump or fly, but boys can. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Number two, uh, Emma's gymnastic skills are improving. And that was, <laughs> you know, Paralux or what mm-hmm. is that? Double Lux? Huh? The spinning thing? Yeah, I don't know. All right. I should have just stayed in bed today. Number I three. I don't know gymnastics moves. Yeah. It double, double Lux, I think, is... No, you're, that's talking, a, that's, you're talking about a triple Lutz, and that's ice skating, uh, not gymnastics. <laughs> just... Sorry. Yeah, I know. I I didn't do well with the whole Olympics thing. I like the opening ceremony. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three, Henry needs a hearing aid. Boy, you ain't kidding. And a big megaphone in his or, ear, one of those horns. Or did he hear it? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, this is kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Okay. Did he knowingly do what he was doing, knowing that Rumpel could somehow fix it? Well, and and that's kind of what I keep thinking, you know, and, and people have mentioned it throughout this whole thing of this idea of uh, feigning that he's following the, the leader, feigning right. this, feigning that. And maybe, and we already mentioned this, maybe he created this heart with his mind. Oh. Because we seen him, we have seen him create a sword. Right. And he heard, he probably, okay, he, just like we're saying, maybe he heard the conversation. Right. But if you can think it, you can even think of a fake. Right. So he's going, wait a minute, I'll think of a fake heart and I'll play like I'm. We didn't actually see him pull it out. So yeah, I mean. Well, yeah. They had his back kind of turned and they had him making the scrunchy faces. So, but but the only the only uh, flaw in our our theory that we're talking about right now is that it actually made him fly, right? So, but is that just belief? It's okay. so crazy. Right. Anyway, all right. Uh, so, number four, Regina and Emma are fans of Bonnie Tyler. Total eclipse of the heart. Uh, total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> or it's a heartache. Now, there's a geeky Bonnie Tyler thing right there. And is it Bonnie Tyler? Yeah, it is Bonnie Tyler. It is Bonnie Tyler. That's funny. I'm a movie geek and a music geek, boy. Okay. I'm telling you. That's funny. All right. Uh, number five. If the boy is not Rumpelstiltskin's undoing, the rescue party will be. Whew. Yeah. But the boy wasn't Henry. It was Pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I suspected all along. The boy inside the man. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, number six, Emma is a footwear forensic analyst. But so was her mom. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Remember her totally. mom? Oh, there was a scuffle over there. Yeah. Size seven. <laughs> you know. She didn't get quite that crazy. Crocs. But she, I see him. But she did say somebody was, was dragged out of here. Somebody yeah. there was a there was a tussle because somebody was dragged out. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of funny. She knew from broken branches, but she learned from one of the best. So I mean, you know, Neverland CSI. I know who did this. Right. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, number seven, Neverland may keep people young, but apparently it doesn't. It does nothing for Henry's voice. His voice has changed a little bit, starting to. Yeah. But what do you expect? He's twelve, almost thirteen. So, yep. I mean, Henry's not, but Jared is. So, number eight, even dolls have a backstory. That's true. <laughs> Behind the doll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine, the Mills family has a crazy obsession with ripping out their own hearts. Yeah, yep. you know what? That is kind of crazy. And others. Well, yeah, but specifically their own because, you know. Number 10, good looks are worthless in Neverland. I don't know if I agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> they all oh, look pretty boy. fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it doesn't do anything for saving stuff. But anyway. All right. <clears throat> Here are more uh, thoughts from Brad. We've seen multiple people with their hearts ripped out, but we have they haven't died until their heart is crushed. We've never seen someone's heart else's heart put in another's body, so I'm not sure how it will affect Henry. It could just make him unconscious unconscious, but if this is the case, could Emma sacrifice her own heart for him? Hmm. Hmm. Regina could sacrifice her heart as well, but it might not be the best option. How will having Henry's heart affect Pan? It's kind of like, I'm, I'm going off here, and, and something that Colleen mentioned is the hope affecting Rumpel in mm-hmm. the box. Right. What if Henry's heart changes Pan to be more good? Mm-hmm. And maybe he can't stand it. Maybe. I, I have to get rid of this. Yeah, this is, maybe. This is not what I wanted. Or maybe it might make him older and a good father and grandfather, maybe. Hmm. So Interesting. All right. Um, Peter is selfish and only cares about his own well-being, so could having the heart of the truest believer change him for good? Sorry, I... I wandered Scooped. verbally onto that. Yes. Uh, when Cora finally got her heart back, we saw how it changed her. And that's true. That's very true. For that brief moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was enough. Yeah. All right. Has the prophecy come true now that Rumpel still seen is trapped in Pandora's box? Is this the undoing the seer spoke of? I'm, I'm inclined to think so. Okay. Um, Henry did lead him to his son, and if it wasn't for him, Rumpel wouldn't be trapped right now, since there we're going to use Pandora's box to trap Pan instead of unleashing all the evil. Do you think the contents would already be empty long ago by Pandora? Hopefully, Elpis is still in the box and can help Rumpelstiltskin escape and finally redeem himself. That's I'm very inclined to believe that that's the case. Because Pandora's box, if everyone knew Pandora's box, it didn't get the name Pandora right. until she opened it and was given it and let everything out except for hope. Yeah. So I'm inclined to believe there's no evil in there. I'm inclined to believe that Elpis is in there and will actually help Rumble escape somehow. Pan has the power to keep people from aging. As we've seen with John and Michael, even when they were not in Neverland. So I still hold to the theory that Rumpelstiltskin doesn't age because he gets it from the same place Pan does. If Neverland was created in the mind of Peter, it means if he dies, the real Neverland may cease to exist, only leaving the dream of Neverland alive. 
Anyone who stayed young because of the power of Neverland would start to grow old if Peter is somehow killed. Uh, by Henry giving his heart to Pan, maybe he actually is saving the magic of the island. Why else would Rumpelstiltskin say, if Pan dies, he dies as well? Uh, how did the spinsters get the magic bean? We know that fairies used to have them, so could these two women be fairies also? Have a great podcast, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Possible. Who, well, who are they? That's well, who, who, where do the fairies get the beans? From right. the giants. Yes. And by the way, did you notice that those skulls were really, really large? Yeah. Yeah. So were they giants maybe? I don't know. But but here's the thing on the aging, the whole aging thing. I mean, John and Michael have aged to a certain point and then they've stayed alive at, at that age. They've kind of stopped aging. So were they on Neverland the whole entire time until they got to that point? And then if so, Wendy obviously has not stopped aging. I mean, she has stopped aging. She's, you know, there. And now that, you know, Neverland, I, I mean, I'm kind of going off what he's saying, but yeah, if Neverland was created in, in Peter's mind, if he dies, is the real one going to cease to exist? I don't know if it will cease to exist, but I think it might be changed. It might be an interesting place. But, um, you know... Would the folks who've stayed young because of the power of Neverland, would they start to grow old? Well, Rumpel did actually age, but he aged to a certain point, and then he stopped. Mm -hmm. He stopped aging when he became the Dark One. So I think the only reason that he's going to ever age is because the Dark One, he's killed. Hmm. Right? That's the only thing that's going to stop him. Because I don't think he got the same you know, anti-aging qualities from from Neverland because he was a kid when he was there. Otherwise he would never have gotten past a kid. You know yep. what I mean? So anyway, um, yeah, but it is an interesting thing is, you know, it, it, will Neverland cease to exist? I don't know. Be interesting to find out. Yep. This is Don Juanito again. I wanted to remind you that my birthday is coming up. But I won't tell you which day. So you have to call the psychic friends or someone else to find out which, which day. But I also want to tell you, please tweet while you listen to our podcast. Yeah, you can do it. You can multitask. You can listen to the podcast and you can tweet. You can say, I am listening to at O-U-A-T podcast and say that Don Juanito is a heck of a guy. He could be my captain if he was a captain. Anyway, please tweet while you listen to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It really helps out and is spreading the word and we're getting more listeners and we love new listeners and we love old listeners too, not by age. You know, we love all listeners, everybody. So thank you so much. And now to present our next segment, here is Ariel. Oh, the voice thing. Uh, I think what she's trying to say is, ouch, don't stab me with that fork. Ouch, dinglehopper. Okay, I just, I, what she's trying to say is, here are the voicemails. Ouch, I wasn't making fun of your situation. I, ouch, don't stab. Here are the voicemails. Hey everyone, it's Tyler in Seattle. Um, 
just wanted to share a uh, thought about um, when Pan was talking to Henry, and Henry was like, you know, you're you're keeping my family from me. And he's like, no, I'm not keeping your family from you. Not only is that just a half-truth, half-lie, um, because he technically wasn't lying in the sense that he wasn't locking up his family, but it's also not a lie because, as we found out, He's his great-grandfather. So technically, whenever Henry would say something about his family coming and, you know, he you know, he cares about his family and all that, technically every time Pan said something about his family, you know, having the choice and all that, and, you know, he never lied, the worst part is that technically he is family, and that's what makes what happened at the end of the episode all the worse. Um... Well, Dad, yeah, kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I'm uh, just prepping, getting ready for the holiday season. You guys know I get busy this time of year, so uh, I will talk to you all later, and hopefully I'll get to post some cool pictures of me as a toy soldier this year. Okay, bye. Good thoughts, and yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can look at that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, family, which family, and, yeah, it's, you You think you have everything all figured out yep. with this show, and then you see it from a different angle, and you go, well, yeah. So, uh, happy holidays to you, Tyler. Yes. I know that you're involved in all kinds of different things mm-hmm. this time of year, so mm-hmm. have fun with that yep. for sure. And we will play this. Hi, Captain. Check this out. I love the bell, Captain. I just can't stop ringing it. Good day, mates. This is Swashbuckling Brad calling in with my lovely thoughts on this week's episode. First of all, I'd like to start off with asking, what is the deal with the ratings? We knew they would be high for Ariel, but immediately following, they kicked it off with two of one of the best episodes so far this season. I mean, what are people watching on Sunday night? The 23rd season of The Amazing Race, Secrets of the Scotland Yard on PBS? What? Our buddies Adam and Eddie are telling an epic story here. Sunday night at 8 o'clock, where do you need to be? Nowhere. Once Upon a Time is making history, and you need to be there. This week, we saw Peter's backstory. Usually when we see these, we tend to understand how a character became a certain way and sympathize with them. But Peter's story had none of that. There are absolutely no redeeming qualities for Peter. He tried to get rid of Rumpel by lying to him and leaving him with spinsters. Peter tried to convince him that they were the same, but we've seen that Rumpelstiltskin truly did love his son. I mean, the whole curse was enacted just to get him back. Rumpelstiltskin is father of the year compared to this louse. As his son is crying out to him, being taken away by the shadow, he tells him he was never meant to be a father and that Rumpel was holding him back. Now, as a father, I couldn't imagine ever leaving my son. But Peter didn't even shed a tear. This guy is just a real piece of crap. Well, now on to more happier thoughts. Peter told Rumpel that Neverland was a place he visited in his dreams when he was a kid. 
When Rumble asked him where he would like to go, he wasn't even sure if Neverland existed. Once they got to the island, he said it was exactly like his dream and that nothing had changed. The shadow told him he was the sole inhabitant of the island, and the rules were that you could visit but not stay. But Peter broke those rules and started bringing real boys to the island. I believe Pan has the power to change those rules because he is the one who imagined and created it. The shadow even said Skull Rock was created when Pan decided to stay in Neverland. He had only visited in his dream, so only a part of him has ever been there. I'm theorizing that once Neverland became a reality, the shadow was born as a representation of himself in dream form. Now, my last thought is, I'm still curious how Felix is tied to this whole equation. When the shadow drops off Felix, he's mysteriously standing right there. He also has the same arrogant, smug personality that Tan does and acts as his right-hand man. There definitely is something special about him because Tan puts a lot of trust in him. I'm wondering if Felix is actually the shadow in human form, as we saw with Bell. I realize, like in the scene where Greg Mandel gets his shadow ripped out, that Felix and the shadow are in the same scene. But remember, in Dark Hollow, we saw that other shadows can be controlled to do the same thing. What better way to keep track of the Lost Boys and the island? It's just a thought, so hopefully we find out how he's connected this whole thing soon enough. A little word of advice before I go. Be careful what you name your dolls, kids, because your dad just may adopt it as his own someday. That's just weird. Take it easy, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great, great points. Yeah. Really great points. And yeah, you know what? Peter Pan as a dad is just... Ugh. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Rumpel does have... Should deserve Father of the Year compared to him. Because Rumpel did regret the whole thing. He mm-hmm. struggled with it. And he spent his whole entire life trying to find Bay. Yep. Sorry, first lady, first dog lady is getting she fancy. She she agrees, but <clears throat> Peter um, Peter Pan he really sucked as a dad. I think the shadow's outside, trying to get in. Yeah, she's protecting us from the shadow. We don't believe. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I am kind of curious about felix and a great theory on him being the personification of the shadow Mm -hmm. you know to walk around and be able to do stuff so it wouldn't surprise me if that's how it's connected because again how did he get there it's just it's very interesting i can't wait to see how they resolve all this yep hello everyone this is don juanito please 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 Subscribe to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Make sure that you find the one with the pirate and the swords and the apple with the skull in it. That's the one on iTunes that you need to subscribe to. And then you take your hand. And how many fingers you have? Unless you are a lost boy and you've lost a finger or something. Normally you have five fingers. One, two, three, four, five. Please leave that number star rating for our podcast and the review. We really appreciate it. It helps other people see the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much. Hello again, everyone. This is Don Juanito. Do you need something from Amazon? If you do, like I do, I use store.onceuponatimepodcast.com. You type that in your address bar. 
you go to Amazon, you get what you want, and the podcast gets a little bit of a percentage, just a little bit. And it helps us to keep going in the podcast and you get whatever you want. So please, once you type that in and use the link, then save it in your favorite so you can go back again anytime you want to. You can shop on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, any day, Thursday, Wednesday, Arbor Day, the day that you learn to tie your shoe and then you use an anniversary all the time. Please use that for us. Thank you so much. All right, that's it. Thank you for hanging in there for this huge episode. Yeah, it was pretty huge. Lots of great input, and that's why we do these main shows is because we want to hear from you. And thank you so much. Lurkers or no lurkers, uh, we appreciate all of you for uh, taking time to sit down and think and type out these fabulous emails and then call in and creating pdfs of cute dogs and thoughts on the episode Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that it really lifts our spirits up and keeps us going we're having a great fun time though this has been at some points more fun than season one and and we had a lot of fun during season one so we are getting close to the holiday season but thanksgiving specifically so i want to wish all of our u.s listeners Uh, And lurkers alike, happy Thanksgiving. Please have a great time and uh, take a moment during that time to just be thankful. Whether you tell someone about it or not, just be thankful for things in life because sometimes things can be taken away. And we always want to be cognizant of what we have uh, every moment. So uh, please do that. And I want to send big love out to everyone um, you know, holidays sometimes brings good and sometimes bring tough times. So, right. uh, take the love that you need that we're sending out and then pass it on to others. And you may even want to buy somebody something to eat or, or something, help someone else out. That's what this is all about. And we still have, you know, a tragic weather events, the Philippines, please give, uh, to help that out as well as, you know, in the U.S., we've had horrific storms and all over the world, earthquakes, all that. Do what you can uh, to help out those that are uh, less fortunate and that need help. So with that, uh, we're going to bid you adieu. We have a bit of a break, a mini hiatus. Yeah. Adam and Eddie didn't tell us about at D23. Mm-hmm. Rascals. So uh, take a week off and uh, rejuvenize and rest, and uh, we'll be back with first thoughts. Rejuvenize. Rejuvenate, not rejuvenize. (laughs) I need to write my own dictionary. We do. We need one for you because sometimes I don't know what you mean. Okay, before I I say another word that's not uh, a real word, um, I want to say take care, guys. Thank you for listening, however that is, and we will talk to you in a week. Yep. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. 
Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. <laughs>